Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Fanned on there by Erickson Eck, held in by Carlson, gave it to Couture over to Dolan, shoots, save me, rebound, star! Hurdle makes it a 3-2 game with a spectacular finish on a great play from the far boards and a brilliant read by Logan Couture, Jonathan Dolan shooting it on goal and the rebound right to Tomas Hurdle. It's a one-goal game. Yeah, I think so. You know, we all we all were pretty honest with ourselves in between the second and third, talking about, you know, if you haven't had your best period yet or maybe you don't feel 100% tonight, let's, let's give ourselves a chance and play in some straight lines and play simple and, you know, put pucks behind them. And we did. And I thought that uh, um, we caught some momentum there. And, um, you know, we switched up the lines a little bit. Sometimes it's good to put them in a blender when uh, things aren't going your way. We did that. It, you know, the, the team reacted. But... Um, it's just, you know, it's a good team, and, and in order to beat those good teams, you have to be good for 60 minutes, especially our team, and I think that uh, um, took too long to find our game tonight. All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tide. How are we all doing on this Friday morning? I know that I am, you know, a little bit disappointed with last night's game against Minnesota. I have to admit, I was not really looking forward to that one because Minnesota has been a buzzsaw as of late. They have won eight in a row. They have 39 points, which is the best number of points by any team so far this year, and I didn't like how that matched up for the Sharks, especially knowing that the Sharks have been relatively inconsistent. More on that in a moment. For the Sharks, they do enter this Friday morning at 5th in the Pacific, 14 wins, 12 losses, and one overtime loss, 29 points. They are one point back of 4th place Vegas, three points back of 3rd place Edmonton, six points back of 2nd place Anaheim, and seven points back of 1st place Calgary. So it's not like the Sharks are in a bad place in any way, shape, or form. And let's take a look at the um, wild card standings as well. And you can see that the Sharks in that capacity are still hanging around. They are currently fourth in the wild card. Only one point separates them from the top of the wild card, which is Colorado right now. So yeah, there's clearly a glut of teams all about the same area right now. But it is the relative inconsistency, which is the inconsistency of the Sharks this year. You don't know which team is going to show up from one game to the next. And it makes it even more frustrating considering they can beat anybody in any game, whether it's Carolina, whether it's Calgary, whether it's Toronto, whether it's Winnipeg, whoever it's been this year, the Sharks have been able to put forth a good performance while, uh, you know, the next game against Minnesota, I'm not going to be surprised if they play a lot better. You know, they, they could easily come back with a much stronger performance and that's just what the Sharks are right now. 
one game to the next, you don't know exactly what you're going to get from the Sharks. You you know, though, that you are going to get a good effort. So I do appreciate that. Not that the effort wasn't there last year, but the quality effort this year is of a much higher caliber. They are keeping themselves in games. They're not getting blown out. They're not getting really, um, you know, just taken out of their game to the point where they're out of it at any point in the game. Like the Sharks with that pushback, we're able to make it a game, which you appreciate because you never know if you're going to get a bounce. You never know how things are going to go in a couple of uh, a couple of swings and a couple of hacks and a couple of bounces. Something can change really, really quickly. And the Sharks, you know, almost got that really, really quick change and had opportunities to tie it up 3-3, and that's what you want. You want a chance in, in a game where you're down to fight back and get a tie. The Sharks were at that point. They took the risk with pulling the goalie, and they paid for it by giving up the empty netter. But... You, that's not on Hill and that's not on the team. That's just a, a good effort to get back into it that fell out, fell short. Um, but I do think the other thing about this is that Minnesota is really, really good. And I thought that Minnesota did a very, very good job of taking the Sharks out of their game. First off, once again, they get another early goal and the Sharks find themselves in a deficit chasing a game. And that's something that has plagued the Sharks a lot lately. And we'll get to that more in a second. But the Sharks found themselves down and Minnesota was able to take that momentum and continue to thrive upon it. And they took the Sharks out of their game. I know the the definition of this game was that we did not see any legs from the Sharks in the first two periods. And that's, you know, that's also a credit to what we saw from Minnesota. They continued to put the pressure on the Sharks. They were really good on the forecheck. They did not allow the Sharks to get any momentum. They did not allow the Sharks with substantial shots or really the ability to have extended puck possession. It seemed like the Sharks had to work really, really hard to get out of their own end and then had to work really, really hard to get it in front of the Minnesota net. And then that kind of that depressed the Sharks' ability to have a greater impact on the game. And again, that's what good teams do. And Minnesota is a very good team, and you have to give the credit to them. And they, you know, got two more goals in the third period, and then they suddenly found themselves three to nothing heading into the third. I'm sure Minnesota knew there was a bit of a pushback coming. They were able to hold on, and sometimes that's all you got to do. And the the teams that get these win streaks like this, it's not that they're perfect over the course of these games; it's that they're playing over well enough over the majority of those games to get themselves a win, and that's what they did. They were able over the course of 60 minutes to be that much better than the San Jose Sharks. Yes, the Sharks had a brief window in the third period where they pushed back. Overall, that did not compare to the overall performance that Minnesota put out there last night. So that's a good team. Good teams take you out of their game. Good teams make you look slow. Good teams keep you from having momentum. That's the NHL. Now, the overall alarming trend with the Sharks, and we can talk about whether or not this is specific to Aiden Hill, and maybe it'll be different when Reimer gets back out there. But the Sharks have now allowed the first goal in five consecutive games, and they have only netted two wins out of those five games, and that should not come as a surprise to any of you. It's not a guarantee that you're going to lose if you give up the first goal. However, you need to give yourself a chance to win, and you can't always be at a deficit early. I love the fact that the Sharks can come back in these games. I love the fact that the Sharks have the ability to fight back into games, but you need to stop falling behind early, and that is a trend now over five games that is very concerning to me because you need to be in a position where you can be the the team that makes the other team react. And even though the Sharks do have good pushback later on in games and have been able to take over some of these games, I want that first goal. I want the Sharks to be the team that dictates the tempo and the pace and the overall 
performance that we see out there on the ice. And far too often, as of late, we have seen the Sharks be the reactive team, be the team that has to come and get themselves back into the game, be the team that takes a wake-up call. And listen, again, I appreciate that the team can wake up, can take a jolt, can fight themselves back into it, but I would more rather see them team see them be the team that is making the other team react and the other team have to respond to their style of play. And that's not what we've seen enough from the Sharks over this course of five games. And yeah, the schedule's been busy and they've also been playing some really good teams over that stretch, but you need to have the type of performance where you can come out and get a very, very good first five minutes. I mean, that should be, to me, one of the things that Bob Bugner talks about going into the game on Saturday with Dallas coming into town. Now, Dallas is not one of the best teams in the NHL, but they are good, and they've obviously got you know a guy named Joe Pavelski, who we know pretty well, who is pretty darn good, but they are 13-9-2. The Sharks are 14-12-1. I think that's a winnable game for San Jose, but the overall trend of conceding first and putting yourself at a deficit, that's got to end. So can you come up with a game plan that allows you to get that first goal? And I think that's got to be hammered home of, listen, momentum needs to not be something that we gain later in the game. Momentum needs to be ours out of the gates. Momentum needs to be something where we put the opposition on their heels within three, four, five minutes of the first period to get them chasing the game and put us in a position of power as opposed to the Sharks being the team that needs to react, wake up, find their legs, whatever that is going to be. And again, I know this is also part of the fact that you know, Reimer has been missing games because he hasn't been, you know, 100% healthy and Hill's been playing a lot of games. So that maybe could be a factor. And I, again, factors happen. This is the what happens over the course of the season. Guys have to miss games. Guys do not play their best game. Guys get tired. And I think, you know, we'll talk more about Aiden Hill in a second. I don't fault his performance, but I think the team needs to be aware of that trend. It needs to be something that they work hard to overcome, to be the team that dictates the tempo and pace to me. That is is paramount overall. Now, Kevin LeBanc, I thought that after getting that message the other day and being a healthy scratch, I thought that he looked a lot better. And Bob Bugner talked about you know him having one of his best games and really looking impactful. The puck following him, being in good positions, fighting for things, and that's that's the Kevin LeBanc you need all the time. And that version of Kevin LeBanc against a team that is not as hard and as heavy and as good as the Minnesota Wild are right now, that is going to yield a better performance. And if he's able to yield better performances with efforts like that, he is going to get results. He is going to get points. He is going to help the Sharks win games. And I think that's what Bob Bugner was trying to send in terms of a message of, listen, we know you're good. We know that your game can allow us to take you know great strides forward, but you need to find that impactful version of your game. And I have no problem with Bob Bugner sending a wake-up call. And listen, in light of that wake-up call the other day, he played better, and the Sharks on Tuesday night did get a win, probably knowing that, hey, this is a this is a guy that is a good player who's getting money in the NHL to produce. He's not producing, so he was given a seat. That means I got to work that much harder. And all the young guys have to be looking at that message, and the established veterans as well. I think they have to look at that message as well. And for Kevin LeBanc, I'm sure it was a little bit of an ego blow, but at the same time, he came forth and he responded. So if you get that performance from him in another game, you're going to find yourself in a better situation overall. So good for Bob Bugner for sending the message. Good for Kevin LeBanc for receiving the message. Another good sign out of last night was Jonathan Dolan. I thought he's been looking better and better with each game that he's been back from his injury. And last night, what did he do? He put himself in a good position to get a 
puck tipped in front of the net. Eric Carlson put that puck in there. We'll talk more about Eric in a second, but Jonathan Dolan is, again, one of these young guys who probably sees the message that's been delivered to Kevin LeBanc. No, he's not getting as much money. No, there are not the same level of expectations around him, but we know that he's a quality goal scorer up to this point of the year. He's got the pedigree, obviously. We follow that bloodline, and we see what he's been capable of doing. Is he getting healthy again? Can he be another guy that helps the Sharks get rolling earlier in a game? And the urgency that the Sharks played with in the third period, we need to see across the board during the game. And I thought that, you know, if we had seen more of that early on, it would have been better. Obviously, Minnesota was playing at a higher pace early on. They were a little bit more consistent over, you know, the course of 20 minutes in a period in the first and second. Credit to the Sharks for battling back and credit for Jonathan Dolan for being in the right t- place at the right time. And that's that's what you need to do. Put pucks on net, get a guy in front, throw it into the mosh pit, see what happens. I have no problem with those dirty, you know, effort-filled goals that aren't pretty, that aren't going to be Connor McDavid, you know, puck handling at a high rate of speed like something we've never seen before. I just need pucks to find the back of the net. And Jonathan Dolan's one of those guys that can help this team find the back of the net. Meanwhile, Eric Carlson continues to have a very impressive year, in my opinion, in other assists last night. He now has seven goals, 10 assists, 17 points on the year. He is plus four. And I think when you take into account that he had to miss a few games due to COVID and it took him a little bit to get back into the swing of things after that COVID because it sounded like he was pretty sick. This is the exact type of production you want to get from Eric Carlson. You look at last year, you know, his point total was 22 points through 52 games. I mean, my word. I mean, this is a stark contrast to what we saw the year prior. And if you look at his point total in 2018 and 2019, even though he did miss uh, some time, it's more in line with that. So if this Eric Carlson sticks around and continues to produce, I think we're going to be talking about him a lot more later into the season. And I, you know, I'm very impressed with what we're seeing so far. And this is the Eric Carlson we've expected to see. And I thought that You know, when Eric Carlson was not playing well last year, which was by far his worst year as a Shark, it was like, what is going on? You know, I didn't know what to make of it, but he came into camp in really good shape this year, and he is playing exactly like the Eric Carlson that we expect him to be. And I think that, you know, right now he is on pace to have, I think, his best season with the San Jose Sharks, assuming he stays healthy. But let's see how this continues. And I know Eric Carlson, again, one of the more polarizing figures in Teal over recent memory, just because we know how much he's getting paid. We know how much their hype there has been around him. We know what he was brought here to do. And, you know, he is being that Eric Carlson that we expected him to be. He is putting pucks on the net. He's scoring goals. He's finding guys. He is not the defensive liability that he was last year. He is playing an improved game, which to me is is massive. I mean, that's got to be the overall guy that you see and that's got to be the the type of player that he continues to be over the rest of the season, over how many ever games it's going to be this year that he does end up playing. You know, I would hope it's about 70, maybe a couple more, obviously keep him fresh. But this is the Eric Carlson we wanted. This is the Eric Carlson we expected to see. And you see the impact that he is having out there on the ice. You know, the other side of that is that Brent Burns, even though he is not the defensive liability that he was last year, you want to see more goal production from him. You hope he would find the back in the net a little bit more often. But this, to me, is showing the overall improvement we've seen from the Sharks and that the message that's been getting through you know, is being received from these guys, whether it's Brent Burns, whether it is Kevin LeBanc, whether it is Timo Meyer, whether it is Eric Carlson, 
These guys understand the level of expectation. These guys understand what they have to do, and they understand what they are going to need to do uh, to help the Sharks make the playoffs. But, you know, this speaks to what we've seen the Sharks overall where we're seeing these inconsistent performances. This is a team that's hovering around 500. They can be better, obviously, but they are not always going to be better out there on the ice. And Aiden Hill kept them in another game last night. We were very, very pleased to see what he was able to do. And, you know, the first two goals that he gave up, you know, one was puck that fell in front of a guy on an open net. The other one was off a tip. You heard Bob Bugner talk about it after the post game. We'll get into that in a bit. And he just, he didn't have a problem with Hill's performances. Hill has given the Sharks a chance to win. You know, Hill has given the Sharks a chance to win in every game that they've played in. The Columbus game, I know that was a little bit weird. There were also some defensive breakdowns that influenced that goal, but, or those goals, but you know, overall, Hill's performances have not been the issue, and I think that this is something that's very encouraging to see that on a night where the Sharks weren't their best, Hill only gave up one goal that you could really say was on him. The other two were, you know, a tip and an open net off a bounce. That's how it goes. If your goalie is only the issue, and even, I won't even say the issue because it wasn't that bad of a goal, but if you can only say he honestly gave up one goal, that's a good place to be. And, you know, you give up power play goals, that's relatively understanding. You don't like taking those penalties and giving up those goals, but you understand why they happen and the penalty kill maybe needed to be a little bit better. But overall, Aiden Hill doing his job. You know, this is the adjustment from the front office and the coaching staff. They improved the goalies. And so in a game like last night where you don't have your best effort, the Sharks still had a chance to get themselves back into it in the third period And that is something that, yes, there are no moral victories. I am well aware of that. But when you see the compete level, when you see that there is no quit in this San Jose Sharks team, you feel better about it because you know that you're not out of a game at any point, you know, within reach. You know, if it's a 4-0 game, I guess that's different. But the fact of the matter is, for the most part, you're not giving up that many goals. You're getting good performances from Hill. You're getting good performances from Reimer. And it feels like that's going to be the consistent factor throughout the season. You're getting good defensive performances. And when you're getting defeated, you're not getting blown out. You're not down 4 nothing early in the first. You're not down 3 nothing after the first period. You're keeping yourself in the game. And that, when you see that from the Sharks, combined with the other levels of improvement from one year to the next in particular, you don't feel like this team is anywhere near as bad as they were last year, which A, is an improvement. B, you feel like they're giving themselves a chance. But C, like we said, with the relative inconsistency, they're not still proving themselves to be a a playoff team, and that's something they have to prove us wrong about. Until they prove that they are a playoff team, they are not a playoff team, and they need to start playing like one because you're two games in to a seven-game homestand, and you have gone one and one over that stretch. In the first game, you beat a good team. In the second game, you lost to a good team. So what are you going to do against Dallas? To me, Saturday night, that's got to be a must-win. What are you going to do against Seattle next Tuesday? Again, I'm looking at a game that I consider a must-win because Seattle is not a great team. Then you've got two in a row against Vancouver. Then you see Edmonton come to town, and Edmonton is not playing great hockey right now. I believe they have lost four in a row. So you have your opportunities to get points over these next five games. And I would hope that Dallas... Seattle, Vancouver, those four games should be must-wins to me in games that you view that you have to win. Edmonton is a better team. Edmonton is going to present some more challenges, no doubt about it. But these next five games to me present winnable opportunities, particularly Dallas, Seattle, and two against Vancouver. Then you go out on the road to see Anaheim. Then you're back home against Arizona and against Philadelphia to to finish out the month of December. These are looking like winnable games. 
Anaheim's going to be tough, but that's a divisional opponent that you've got to play tough in response to out on the road. Then Arizona and Philadelphia, those final two home games of the month, those look winnable as well. And I, I don't think we looked at too many games last year and said, quote-unquote, winnable. But this year we do. And you look at what a team needs to do in a situation where they're proving themselves as whether or not they are a playoff team. This is your proving ground. This is where you need to prove it. Beat the teams that you're better than. All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we are going to get into some of the post-game reaction after last night's loss. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Gets up to the red line, drops it backwards. Here's Fiala with speed, across the line. Uh-oh, backhand pass on the left. Greenway, shoot, score! Greenway got behind the Sharks' defense. Great little backhand pass directly on the tape, and that is a power play goal for Minnesota's Jordan Greenway. It's 3-0 Minnesota. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't, well, the first period wasn't great from our team, you know, it, they've been kind of all over us, they have chances, but, you know, we just, we still find a way, you know, get get to do just one goal, and we've been almost there, and it's just fine, like, how we compete against anybody, even when we're losing, you know, I don't think so, we have last two years, every time we've been down, we've just been following and get worse, but uh, I, I, f I feel like every time we still find a way, get to the close game, and... And I think third was a little better. I know we start playing more ozone, try crash more net, and we score a couple of goals. But uh, you know, it wasn't a great game. I don't think so. We have flags tonight, so we have we have to next like if we don't have flags, we have to just find a way and play simple hockey and don't turn pucks and stuff like that. All right, welcome back to Morning Tide, everyone. On this Friday morning, that's Tomas Hurdle talking about the Sharks' slow start and yet another game that saw them down 3 nothing before they really got their way back into it. I talked about this earlier. Minnesota did a good job of taking the Sharks out of their game. Here's Bob Bugner on that. Well, I think they, they're big and strong guys. So uh, first and foremost, I mean, on the first goal, we uh, – we didn't get inside at the net, and that was one of the things we talked about in our scouting report on these guys. They're heavy around the offensive net, around the blue, and you got to be inside, and you got to be underneath their sticks, and, and we weren't. Um, they got behind us, got the first goal of the game. I think that was an important goal tonight. Um, you know, And I think, again, we, we gave the puck away a lot. I think the D-zone giveaways were like 15-5 in the first period. Um, us being 15 giveaways and but that has something to do with their sticks and their body positioning and you know leaning on you in second effort and those things so when we cleaned that up we got better as the game went on um, but you know that's there's a reason they're one of the number one teams in the west and uh, you know they've won eight in a row that's uh, um, you know they're, they're good in all uh, three zones and they're, they're heavy and they roll four lines um, you know, I, I was proud of our guys for battling back. I don't think we had our best legs in the first two periods, but we found another gear in the third, and, uh, um, you know, it just wasn't good enough tonight. And that was something that Hurdle saw as well. Yeah, you know, they, I think they, that's that's why they even, I don't know, seven or eight games in a row, they tough tough team play against. You know, they have big bodies. They they just crushing it. They forecheck really hard. You know, I don't think so. You know, they have for sure a couple skill guys, but a lot of big guys. They just come hard, work, work for each other, and that's why, you know, they win a lot of games, and, and it's kind of kind of our game too, 
you know, when we put in pucks, we forecheck, we get puck, pucks back and play. But today was more about them because they did exactly what we should have done to them. Yeah, they took the Sharks completely out of their game. The forecheck was extremely effective. The Sharks had a really tough time getting out of their end. The Sharks had an even tougher time, you know, controlling possession into the Minnesota zone and trying to look good on offense. They couldn't get pucks in front of the net early on until the third period, it seemed. And Minnesota dictated the pace, the tempo, and controlled the game. But it is interesting, and this question was posed to Jonathan Dolan after the game, about what Minnesota was doing well, how they did it, and if the Sharks are looking to be like that Minnesota team where they block shots, where they're really good on the forecheck, where they're physical, and overall they control the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we want to be good on the forecheck and, and play tight. So that's uh, similarities we want to we want to do. So, uh, I mean, uh, that's uh, that's what has been successful for us so far. And Minnesota's good at that. They, they got a little... Uh, little more bigger bodies but uh, we we work really hard and we got good um, good sticks and and so i mean i think uh, that's a good comparison right now however minnesota is farther out in front of where the sharks want to be and minnesota has been a buzzsaw as of late i mean it's one of the reasons why i was not feeling good about last night's game because minnesota is the much more consistent version of the sharks right now with a higher level of talent and credit to Minnesota for being able to put themselves in this position. But I do think the Sharks can probably go look back at that tape and say, what did Minnesota do to us? How can we look at that in terms of our own game? And what can we do to use that against the opposition? And one of the other things that Minnesota was so good at that the Sharks have been good at consistently this year was the wild clogging lanes and blocking shots. Yeah, you know, they've been always talking about many in the last couple of years. They block a lot of pucks and... And kind of, they have. That's why they have a couple of chances. Be every time we kind of hit it, we, we get all three forwards down low, and then it go other way three and two, and we don't manage puck enough. I, but it was always, you know, one shot, and they've been other way. We don't really spend time, so we don't really make hard on them tonight. One of the big talking points going into this game, of course, was going to be what Bob Bugner thought of Kevin LeBanc's game, and Bugner was effusive in his praise in the postgame. I thought that was his best game of the year. I thought that he played with urgency, he worked, he won his battles. Uh, you saw as the game went on, we moved him up lines because I thought the puck was following him. I thought he was working hard, and uh, um, you know, and that's that's what we're looking for out of him. And um, you know, he was working just as hard without the puck as he was with. And if you want to compare the difference from the Wild and the Sharks, it's that the Wild are getting contributions across the board, whereas the Sharks aren't. And that is something we have got to see from Kevin LeBanc. Whatever line he is going to be on for the remainder of this year, his production is going to be needed and take a serious tick forward for the Sharks to have more of that consistency. Because it can't just be the, the top line guys. It can't just be, you know, Logan Couture, Tomas Hurdle, Eric Carlson, it's got to be guys on those third and fourth lines as well. And I think that's part of the inconsistency of the Sharks right now is that each game doesn't provide across-the-board production. It's sometimes you get a good night from the third line, sometimes you get a good line, good night from the first line. You know, to me, I would like to see one of those games where it's top to bottom. You know, every guy that's out there putting in really good shifts, giving that complete performance. We haven't seen too many complete performances from the Sharks this year. Again, leading to the overall record of overall around 500 and leading to this team to not really proving themselves as being a bubble team or a team that can win consistently because the Sharks, their best win streak of the year is four games. 
Otherwise, they have not been able to get much in the way of streaks going. They had a three-game win streak to start off that last road trip, but, you know, that was not able to turn into a four-game or five-game, even though in those first four games, they thought they gave themselves a chance to win. Now, I think the Sharks are entering a chance where they can have a little bit of a run here. They play Dallas. They play Seattle. They play Vancouver twice. Is that a chance for them to now put together four wins in a row? I don't know, but if they do, that'll go a much longer way in letting us know this is a team that wants to get into the playoffs. Bugner's not afraid to try things to get the team rolling, like last night swapping Hurdle and Couture on their respective lines. This is what Bugner had to say about that. Well, I just, uh, um, you know, Tommy's been hot, and I, I looked at, uh, you know, Dally had a goal early, and, and uh, um, you know, pucks were following him. I thought Timo had good legs, so he's just basically trying to put my three most offensive forwards together that that had it tonight and that was really it um trying to throw a little balance underneath but uh um you know we ended up getting some offense out of it which is a good thing yeah find something you think that can create a spark and roll with it i don't have a problem with that at all i don't think cooch has the type of ego where he's going to feel bruised by being moved off that line put the hot guys together see what happens this is what hurdle thought of that yeah you know it's just like sometimes switch it up you know it helps sometimes everybody, you know, gets like new pools, you know, and, and, you know, it works for us because we score almost right away. Well, you know, we get a tip, but, you know, sometimes because it wasn't a great game for anybody, you know, from our team, so just boogie try, just get something going and, and switch the limes a little bit, and that's about it. And that's something I appreciate about Bugner is in these situations where he's down, where he's trailing, he's not just going to stick to what isn't working. He's going to shake things up. He's going to change things. He's going to try something because if you are losing and it's getting later and later in the game, I mean, what do you have to lose? You're already down. I know you can have some argument of, well, if this is what has got you here, why would you deviate from what has gotten you there? But it's not about the numbers over the course of a season and one individual line's production. It's about what a team is doing on any given night. So if Bob Bugner looks at a situation and feels that he can inject more life into something, go for it. Find a way to get yourself back into a game. The Sharks did that. Find a way to make it a very competitive game at that point. The Sharks did that by making it a 3-2 game. Find a way to put the opposition on their heels. The Sharks did that. They pulled Hill. They put themselves in a position where they could tie it. They were unable to do so. A lot of what they needed to do over the course of that game was there. It just wasn't there till late. To me, going forward, the big issue has to be take the lead first. Stop being the reactionary team. Be the team that causes the reaction. Got to stop this streak of giving up the first goal. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. I will talk to you all on Sunday morning. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.